So how do the Braves stack up in a loaded National League East? We've worked really hard to to get that bar up there. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano. And joining us for this special edition is our features reporter Gabriel Burns back with us. And, uh, man, first of all, we're all back in Atlanta for the day. Uh, Justin has escaped Florida in spring training as we count down to opening day. And we've been talking Braves, Braves, Braves. Now it's time to talk about the other guys and how Atlanta matches up. Yeah, um, obviously the Braves are going to be one of baseball's best teams. You would think it would be a massive shock if that were not the case. But, guys... The NL looks pretty good, specifically the NL East. Um, so we're going to have a lot to talk about. This is the most exciting division to me. And part of it is just the markets and the fan bases. Because it's interesting in the NL West, in the AL East, where you've got Tampa, Toronto is going to be really good. Uh, you could argue if this is the best division. But these top three teams, because of just these massive fan bases and these different markets, I, I just think that this is going to be a really, really fun race. All right, coming up, the Mets sure spent enough, but is it enough to overtake the Braves? Can the Phillies bottle up their October magic and defend their pennant and our preseason NL predictions? This is your first time listening to the show. Well, we welcome you to the Braves Report, and please make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution presented by Kroger. And don't forget, Easter's coming up April 9th which is also my birthday, but that's not important. What is important is Kroger has sweet deals for Easter to make it special for your peeps. Kroger has savings on everything you need to fill your Easter basket from candy to Easter dye kits, toys, and more. So visit your local Kroger store or go to Kroger.com slash Easter. That is Kroger.com slash Easter. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Uh, don't forget, if you have not done so, please take our listener survey. We are serious about getting your feedback on this podcast, so check it out in the show notes and tell us what you think about the show, what we're doing right, where we can improve. Justin and I have thick skin, so we can take it. So please let us know how you feel. Speak for yourself. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Make sure to tell us what you actually think. We'll incorporate it a lot. Um, Gabe, take the survey. Once you hop off here, how was it to work with us? What could we do better? Um, Gabe's going to take the survey, so you should too. Five stars, Gabe. I'm failing all of you. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. No, these guys are great. I, I, I enjoy being on here. I enjoy listening to you guys. You know what you're talking about, and that's always a good thing. All right, time to buckle down and get down to business here. The National League East, the Braves have owned it for five years in a row now. But is the head getting heavy that wears the crown? Here's manager Brian Snicker. We've worked really hard to make that, you know, to get that bar up there. And, and um, you know, because I get asked about, you know, repeating the division, the whole thing, and do the guys feel it? And it's like, no, I mean, they've they've worked hard to, to for those, you know, that's what we wanted. There were no expectations when I first got here. I mean, it was, I said earlier on, it's kind of, you come to the ballpark and you hope that you could win. And then there was a time when I remember I came to the ballpark and you expected to win. As for the players that'll be battling in the East, first Travis Storno. Oh, yeah, this division is elite again for the third year that I've been here. As long as we all pull on the same rope against all these guys, 
you know, the Mets are going to be great. The Phillies are great. They just won the, the NL title. The Marlins are, are always sneaky. They always play well. Um, and they, they made a couple trades. Even the Nationals, are, they're a young team, and, and younger teams are hard to play because you don't know as much about them, so you kind of got to feel it out. So they'll be good. They'll be good. They'll surprise people as well. Here's Matt Olson. There's no, like, gimme games. Uh, you got you got to grind out everybody, and I think we saw that last year with, with the Phillies and the Mets and, and the Marlins. And it's anybody's season every year. That's the best part about baseball. You go out and do your thing. We know the division's tough. Is it tougher than it was last year? Yeah, um, I think so. But first, let's uh, let's give a shout-out to Travis Darnot, um, an all-time good guy for somehow working the Nationals into that answer <laughs> about the NL East being tough. Um, yeah, the let, let's just say Nationals Park is going to be full for opening day Thursday, and then it's it, it'll subtly drop off. But yes, to your question, Jay, I think the NL East is tougher this year because the Phillies have gotten head and shoulders better since last year. Uh and who knows if they're really going to carry on that hot run they had in October or if it was just that, a hot run. But they have Trey Turner now. Kyle Schwarber has looked as good as he ever has. And, I mean, they've, they're going to have Bryce Harper. Bryson Stott was great for them last year. The one thing I think with the Phillies, though, guys, is the pitching. We never saw that bullpen look anywhere near the way it did in September and October. If they look like that, and they have added a little bit, um, they're going to be good. The Mets are good. They've maintained. They've spent a lot to do it. We'll get to that. This division is tougher, though, um, and I think even the Marlins will be a little bit better. They're a year older. Um, those young guys have gotten more experience. It, it's got to be one of, if not, you know, it's the top two division in baseball for sure is the way I see it. If you're going by depth, I mean, you just look at it, you can go, okay, well, the Nationals, that's a really bad last place team. You say, well, Colorado is a better last place team or Boston is a better last place team, right? So, I mean, when you're doing all that, that's how, that's where the discussions of what who's the best division, that's where they can kind of go off the rails. But uh, as, as everyone has said here, Matt Olson just said it, you said it, uh, this is definitely one of probably the two best and most competitive divisions, and it's loaded with stars too. And we see it, the AL West is loaded with stars, the NL West is loaded with, this division is just loaded, It's it's got stars, it's got young talent, it's got highly paid guys. And yeah, I think the Marlins, they're not good, but they're going to be competitive enough where, I mean, that's a solid fourth place team that's Again, we see it every year in the NL East. There will be someone who struggles with them, and that could make the difference at the end of the day. So it's an awesome division. It's a fascinating division, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to cover and watch unfold over these next six months. All right, let's kind of go down the line here. We'll start with the Mets, and they spent a half a b- 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 billion dollars this offseason. But Pete Alonzo knows better than anybody. That doesn't mean a thing. Well, I mean, it's it's really exciting because, I mean, the talent of our squad is, is undeniable. It's just a matter about uh, just putting it together on the field. And I feel like we have an excellent group. We have a lot of talent. And as this spring training and season progresses, like, we have to, we have to prove that. We have to... I mean, playoff spots and World Series rings aren't, aren't given out, so you have to you have to earn those, and uh, we want to be able to do that. Gabe, I was actually in a meeting with a Mets fan today, and and this person is getting very uncomfortable with the way his team's spending because he said they're like the Yankees now. Is this the evil empire? 
it's a bad thing to spend like the Yankees. I mean, I know the Yankees haven't won a World Series in quite a long time, but uh, I think it's actually really good for baseball. I think it's great that the two New York teams have the two highest payrolls and people hate them. That's a good thing. You, I, I think that people should hate the New York teams and the New York teams should be the big bat. Like, it's not as fun when you've got you know, I know the Knicks are having a good year, but the Knicks have been a joke for so long, right? And the Mets have constantly, most of the time, they're a joke too. And I, th- I think it's a good thing that the Mets have become this this kind of team that just everybody hates. And, and you know, I, I was listening, uh, Steve Cohen did an interview on the New York Post podcast with John Heyman, and he said that a small market owner came up to him and said, I love what you're doing. And he was like, really? A small market owner loves what I'm doing? And he's like, yeah, because... Now the big market owners know what it feels like, essentially, to have somebody that's <laughs> just spending this kind of money. And uh, I look uh, the Correa thing. Frankly, when I thought they were signing Correa, I'm like, you know what? I think they're going to win the NL East. Now that that hasn't happened, now that Edwin Diaz is hurt, my opinion on that is different. But they're going to be good this year again, and they're going to be good moving forward. And I know Braves fans don't necessarily want to hear it, but I do think it's good for the game that the Mets are going to be competitive year in and year out. Justin, you said on Tuesday's show that you thought the Mets were vulnerable. Why? Because I think it could be there's some aspect of them that could be a little bit of house of cards. Guys, Jose Quintana, 34 years old. Justin Verlander, 40 years old. Max Scherzer, 38 years old. Kodai Senga, the rookie, is 30 years old. That's not exactly super young. Guys, this rotation, we could look at it in two, three months, and you never wish injury on anybody. Throw that out there. But we could look at it in two and three months, and it could have a few guys on the injured list. It already has one of them on the injured list and Quintana. Um, And I think I love what Steve Cohen is doing. I love it for the game. More owners and ownership groups should follow. Like, imagine if... Instead of the Mets being in on Justin Verlander, if there were, and he's a bit of a different case, he's an older pitcher, but if there were like five or six teams truly in on him, like bidding for him, like imagine how fun that would be if there were even three or four teams willing to pay the prices for Carlos Correa, Trey Turner. More owners should do it. Um, I know that's not the way the world works, but it would be really fun. But the Mets had to spend a lot of money to maintain. That's why I think they're vulnerable. They had no choice but to go out and pay Brandon Nimmo. They really had no choice but to go out and pay Edwin Diaz. They saw that great year that they had last year, and there was no way around that to get back to it. No way around paying. They had to do that. I think they could be vulnerable in the sense that a lot went right for them last year, not only the Babbitt block, but a lot of injury luck too, like save for DeGrom, save for Scherzer down the stretch. But, I mean, they had a lot go right last year. Um, and a lot of guys playing well, and I just I don't know that they have the depth of other teams, especially organizationally, um, and I think they've had to spend just so they can maintain and just so they can kind of put themselves on the forefront again. We'll see how it works out. I completely agree with everything you just said, and that's and that's and that's a big deal here when we're talking about these three teams because I think the Braves. And this won't necessarily be reflected in wins and losses. I think we all, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably understand that. I think it's easy to see how the Braves are better, especially with just simply internal growth, right? Of, of a guy like Michael Harris, a full season of having Strider in your rotation. And it's easy to see how this could be better. I think the bullpen will be better. The Phillies, you go out and add Trey Turner. I've always liked Matt Strom, Soto. So you, I can see that. 
the Mets, you're right. They did. They spent a lot to get to basically maintain the roster they had. And there's some real risk here with this rotation. And now you lose Edwin Diaz. There's going to be risk there too now. The ninth inning is no longer a lock for you. And I know they have young guys, Beatty, Alvarez. I understand that. But I think there's just a clearer path to where the Phillies, certainly the Phillies, and the Braves could be better than, than the Mets. So, Gabe, to your point, they're not even playing these guys like Beatty and Alvarez. I think you're seeing a clear – like if the Mets don't think they're ready, fine – but you see a clear difference in the way the Braves have handled prospects and the way the Mets have handled them. Like Brett Beatty was a high school guy who was a year older than, you know, his peers, his senior year, who hit like almost 400 this spring with a few home runs. Like, is that guy not ready? Like, I get that Eduardo Escobar, Escobar is on the payroll, but they're not like they just don't have the organizational depth the Braves do. Um and you're right, like player development-wise, the Braves have been terrific. There's just more, much more meat on the bone with the Braves when I look at them uh, than the Mets. And so, yeah, I think the better question as we kind of go on in these conversations is who wins the East? Is it the, the Phillies or the Braves? I mean, because I think there's a, an easy path for the Mets to be a third-place team here. Here's manager Buck Showalter on his, where his team's at right now. Just focus on what, what we, you know, what's what we have, which is very good compared to what we don't have. But it's, you know, we're, we're good. We're ready to go. I think everybody is. I'm sure he did not want to be kind of answering the players are already injured question in March, but they're wobbling around a little bit. Yeah, man. When you see the Edwin Diaz one was as much as I hate this moniker, it's as Mets as it gets. Like <laughs> it really he was, was, he was hardly celebrating. He was hopping. He wasn't even hopping. He was bobbing a little bit. He looked the way Edwin Diaz looked in that video. It was like, he was clearly not celebrating because he knew he couldn't get hurt and he still got hurt. And then you had Brandon Nimmo go down a couple days after that. Um, Jose Quintana is out right now. Poor Justin Verlander. I mean, he's, he's going to be ready to go. But he got nailed by two comebackers in the same spring training tune-up the other day. <laughs> two. Like, I just, I know, if you're Buck, you got to be thinking like, man, are you, are you serious? Especially because you didn't have DeGrom almost all of last year. Scherzer wobbled down the stretch and obviously was affected by the oblique issues that did him in. Um, I, I mean, the Mets are a very good team. And if you're them, what you hope for is that rotation that you paid for carries you. Um, and that you have, you know, enough pop in that lineup. But the one concern I do have with them, and I know we're just parsing the Mets with a fine tooth tooth comb right now, which might not be fair to them because we could do the same thing to the Phillies. We could do the same thing to the Braves. Um, and we will, but the one concern with the Mets guys is Pete Alonso hits home runs. Francisco Lindor can hit home runs past that. Like I don't see a lot of guys with great power a lot of guys that truly scare you and we saw it in a lot of those Braves games even the ones the Mets won that the Mets were having to string together three and four hits to score a couple runs the Braves can string together a walk and one crack of the bat you know the Phillies same thing the Mets can do it but are they going to be able to do it again Uh, but every team has these concerns with the Braves you could look at the Braves rotation and easily say that at the end of the year it's going to be Max Fried, Spencer Strider and everybody else there's a chance that the Braves rotation just isn't terrific. Like there's a chance that the bullpen doesn't, you know, look at the end of the season as good as it looks now 
with the Phillies, there's a chance that the pitching staff, especially the back half of their rotation, isn't good. Like all these teams have these concerns, but and at the risk of sounding like an absolute homer, I have fewer questions about the Braves than the other two teams because the Braves have done it. Um, and a lot of these players who they'll be fielding have done it. And that's why Correa would have been Oh, sorry. And that's why Correa would have been such a good get for the Mets, right? That's why he made sense. They needed a guy like that. And and you're right. This is a really good team. And it sounds like we're kind of we're kind of crushing them. That's not what we're doing. We're just, you know, again, we're kind of just picking through these teams and just seeing where the, where could this kind of fall apart or where could this be the difference between them and the other two. I liked swapping out DeGrom for Verlander. I would bet on mm. Verlander, I, there, but there is definitely mm. risk simply because of the age. But, I mean, I, I agree that was a good move. I would rather have Verlander yeah. than DeGrom because I trust him more. So we can go through this. But, yeah, I mean, a guy like Correa would have been huge for that lineup. It seems like they're, they, they still need another guy. Justin, what about Singa? Yeah, I mean, if the ghost fork is as advertised and he's healthy, he's going to be really tough to beat. Look, I think the big thing for him, um, and never having talked to him, don't know him, obviously don't cover him, the big thing's probably going to be just getting used to the big leagues and big league environments and just all that comes with that. It's clear he can pitch, guys. Like he, It's clear he's a stud. Um I've seen a couple of those videos from spring training when he was doing like live BPs uh, and facing guys like Alonzo and Lindor um, and like SNY, which carries Mets games as Bally does Braves games, would set up a camera like right behind there on some of those backfields. That ghost fork, you don't know where it goes right when it comes right to you. Like it, it looks really good. Um, that's his big pitch. I think he has the chance to be that wild card for the Mets that if Sanga is what they think he is, they're going to have a great freaking rotation if those guys stay healthy. Um, I think there's a chance he's really, really good. That strikeout stuff plays in the majors. There's a, there's a reason a lot of teams wanted him. Like Major League Baseball teams, front offices, scouts, by and large, are not dumb. Um, they saw the same thing in him. I think he could be really good. Um, but you just, you never know. Sometimes guys like, you know, coming over success stories, sometimes they're not. Gabe, what instrument is David Robertson going to come out of the bullpen to now since Diaz is out? Uh, well, I guess if, uh, if William Contreras keeps his walk-up song, I guess he's, you know, this year it's his, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's in, he's in Milwaukee, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll uh we'll we'll have to hear, you know, when Justin goes up to Milwaukee, we'll have to hear uh what's happening with that. <laughs> no, I mean that's look, it's a gigantic loss. There's a reason why they paid him what they did. I mean, he was and that's just one that's one of those two that happens before your season. It's it's I mean, it's crushing. I hate I hate how it happened. I hate that it happened at all. He's one of the most fun players to watch pitch and he's a huge part of their team. So we'll We'll see how it goes on the back end. I think the Mets do have a good bullpen. They have they have depth. We'll see, but uh, you can't. I mean, frankly, you just can't replace Edwin Diaz. I mean, he's he's the best closer in the game. So we'll see. All right, coming up, we will take a deep dive into the. Oh, by the way, National League champion Philadelphia Phillies, and we'll also give you uh, our predictions for the National League this year. You're listening to the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal Constitution, presented by Kroger. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. 
experience a new level of membership, starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, we've been reminding you, if you don't want to miss any of our coverage of opening day and Braves this season, the best way, the only way to get everything we have to offer here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is to become a subscriber. We've got a terrific deal going on right now just for listeners to the podcast. You can get unlimited digital access to the AJC, so that's everything Justin writes, that's everything Gabe writes, that's everything you get from our columnist, all of our sports coverage, all of our breaking news coverage, all of our political coverage, food, dining, the list goes on and on. 99 cents for the next six months. You get everything we have to offer digitally here at the AJC. To do that, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. Now time to talk to the Philadelphia Phillies, who uh, we were all there in uh, Philly last year as they mopped the floor with the Braves in the National League Division Series. Gabe, they got the fourth highest payroll in baseball, but uh, was last year a fluke or are they built now? No, I think they're really good. And Justin alluded to it. I, I I think they're the, they're going to be second in this division. Uh, when Bryce gets back, that lineup is – I mean, that is just awesome. I think Trey Turner, well worth the money. Uh, maybe not several years from now. We'll see how he ages. But right now, I mean, that guy is just an awesome player. He's going to be awesome for them. I like the bullpen upgrades. I love having Wheeler and Nola at the top of your rotation. By the way, Nola, free agent after this season. That's kind of an interesting uh, – We'll see how mm. how that plays out because uh, that'd be a huge loss for them if they ended up not keeping him. But I really like this team. I don't know how much things can carry over, but uh, that run they went on was spectacular. Obviously, Citizens Bank Park and the fans responded. Rob Thompson is awesome. He's he's very similar to Snit in his story, and I think he was exactly the kind of guy they needed. So I really like this team. I've seen some people pick them third and have them missing the playoffs. Uh, certainly there's a scenario that that could happen, but I really like them, and I think that they're going to be second. Justin, Trey Turner's like Captain America all of a sudden now. Was that the most impactful move in the division? Yeah, I, I, I think so. And I don't think it's relatively close. I mean, I guess second might be Justin Verlander to replace Jacob DeGrom, but the Mets really – needed to do that Trey Turner man holy smokes I mean he is just all of a sudden one of the best players in baseball I think he always was but really these last couple of years has taken off has ascended and guys I think I'm bought in on the Phillies because I, I think they're just deeper than they've ever been uh so they've always had you know Harper Rio Muto and then Schwarber but I, I just think that I like the depth roster wise and they had a pretty good offseason Check these out side by side. The free agents they lost, Kyle Gibson, Noah Syndergaard, Zach Eflin, Brad Hand, and David Robertson. And then the free agents they added, Trey Turner, Taiwan Walker, Matt Strom, 
Craig Kimbrell, and then they traded for Soto. So, um, and oh, by the way, I mean, if you want a good example about the, the premium price on starting pitching this offseason, Taiwan Walker gets four years and $72 million. But guys, I, I just think that the Phillies, I get if you pick them third, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think they're right up there with the Mets and the Braves. Uh, they might be better than the Mets, as it all turns out. I think October could be a fluke, sure, but I really think it probably was more reminiscent, at least in my view, of the Phillies finally hitting their potential of them finally like playing the way they can play. They've had this all this talent, but it came together um, finally. And I think, I don't know, I think they've got the team to do it. And, and guys, like I think we need to pay attention to the fact that to them, like, yeah, they, they hear all of this. They hear people picking them third. They, they know people think it was a fluke. I mean, if the Phillies get to go into this year again without a real target on their back, I think that takes a lot of pressure off of them again. I think they're going to be firing on all cylinders. I don't know how much that matters, but I do think it's significant that after they had this crazy October run where they seemed destined to be World Series champions until running into the buzzsaw Houston Astros, that people are still easily picking them third and still picking them to miss the playoffs. I mean, I just think they're, yeah, I think they're really, really good, and we'll see how it turns out. Gabe, how much does it matter that Reese Hoskins is done? Oh, man, that hurts. Uh, Reese, Reese is a good player for them. I don't think it destroys them. It's not. But it's a loss. Uh, certainly, you look at the Mets losing Diaz and the Phillies losing Reese, and that's I mean, that's two big losses already in the NL East. But, I mean, again, again, the depth of this lineup, Justin laid it out. Like, this team felt like it, it was – there was just something off, right, for a few years when Gabe Kapler was there. I mean, they their bullpen was just atrocious, right? Uh, it's just there's always been a little something. And now we're looking at – we saw what happened last October. Now we're looking – they're even better. I mean, on paper, there's no question this team is better than last year. And it would not surprise me if they won the NL again, frankly. I, I really do. Like, I'm with Justin. I really like this team. I trust the Braves over a ra- – I guess we're we're not getting into our picks yet or anything, but I just trust the Braves over a longer sample size of the regular season. But when it comes to October, I think Philly is built for it with the starters, with their lineup. I mean, these guys mash. So, I mean, Hoskins is a loss, but it's not one that is going to kind of alter how I view this team over the long haul. Justin, did the Phillies do enough to fix that bullpen with uh, Soto and Kimbrell, et cetera? I think so. I mean, Kimbrell's not what he was, obviously, as as you saw when the Dodgers had to promote him and demote him from the closer role about four times last year. But it's still an arm. It's a live arm. He's still got, I think, some serviceable innings in there. Um, and I think they've done enough, especially with like Jose Alvarado, Soto. I mean, they got a pretty good nucleus there. And don't forget about the fact that David Robertson didn't even pitch in that series against the Braves. They were without what was their top weapon, their top bullet out of the bullpen. Um, So I think they did uh, because bullpens are always volatile. Like I think the Braves have a really good one, but the Braves' bullpen is more the exception than the rule. Um, And if we look at bullpens throughout baseball, you're not going to find many like the one the Phillies have in terms of like the late inning options, um, the arms. Now you don't have like a ton of really proven guys in there, but I, I think it's enough. And, and I that let, let's just say this. They've had worse bullpens in recent years. Um, and that 
that I think is a bit encouraging if you're a Phillies fan as you look at that and you're like, all right, like this is probably the best bullpen we've had, in, you know, in a couple of years, and they really invested in it. All right, on the Marlins, made a couple of decent moves. Gabe, are they better? How close do they get to 500? Yeah, I do think they're better. I, I you know. Their offense is going to be better, which is what they needed, and they finally traded Pablo Lopez. He was one of these guys that we had heard in trade rumors. It felt like it might have only been like a, a little over a year, but it felt like it was longer than that. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, they're fine. They're not. I don't think they're anywhere close to any of these other three teams. I don't think many people will will view them that way. But they're a solid fourth place team. They're significantly better than Washington, obviously, and. The pitching is why they're going to be kind of just a, you know, we always kind of use the word frisky with these type of teams, and that that's what's going to happen with them. I mean, they're going to uh, – Philly has had issues with them in the past. You're going to look up and they're going to really swing the standings because they're going to have a good week and they're going to beat up on like the Mets and Phillies or something. So there will be stuff here. There will be stuff here and there with them. I still don't really know over the long haul when this team is going to be like legitimately competitive in this division. I just, I I just don't see it. I, I the pitching is great, and they have some high level guys. The offense is better, but they're just, it's just a ways a ways to go here. If you're a Marlins fan, the few of you that exist, sorry, low hanging fruit. I, I don't know how you can really feel great about the long term outlook. So again, we'll see. But this year certainly, um, they'll they'll be in fourth place. But again, they're they're not embarrassingly bad. They're better than they were last year, and they're and they're going to be competitive uh, some weeks. Justin, your one sentence preview for the Washington Nationals. Um, if you're a Nationals fan, show up to the ballpark, have a great time, and see where C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, James Wood end up at the end of the year. All right. So that's all about the Nationals. One thing we haven't really discussed as much when we hit with this basket of rule changes this year is schedule's going to be a little different. I, I was excited about that anyway. I mean, I just thought that 19, you know, you play over half your games against your division. I just, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it's we're doing, you know, get to see everybody. I think that's awesome. I know Justin's going to be happy about this because um, he doesn't have to go to the same city as much anymore. Oh, man. One less trip to D.C., uh, and New York, it's just it's just a dream. Um, it really like I like all these cities in the NL East, but three times is a lot. Gabe, you did this job for a few years. Um, three times to go to each of these places, uh, like that third time in DC, feels like you're like okay, we can we can stop coming here now. Like it's got to be the end of these two teams playing each other. No, Jay, it's going to be interesting because I just think for so long. <laughs> these NL East teams have beat up on each other. And I feel like we keep saying it on this podcast, but to reiterate, I think the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets are better than the Cubs and are better than the Cardinals and are better than the Pirates and are better than the Diamondbacks and are better than the Giants and are better than the Rockies. Like, I think three of these NL East teams are probably three of the top five teams in the NL. And so they're going to get to beat up on others instead of beating up um, on each other a little bit what Gabe mentioned I think I'm going to kind of spin off his Marlins point Gabe is very correct in the fact that while the Marlins aren't good everybody wants to go to Lone Depot Park until it's the eighth inning and you have two hits against Pablo Lopez and one run and the Marlins are beating you by four in a game you desperately need to win so I think I think the Marlins are really frisky guys we're going to get to see them against 
some other teams. Um, it's going to be intriguing for me, at least, to watch how the Marlins play against, you know, uh, uh, these AL teams. And now that they don't have to play the Braves, you know, you take off those games and the Phillies and the Mets. Um, but yeah, guys, it's going to be, we're going to get to see different players. Otani, um, you know, everybody from Cleveland, Jose Ramirez, Andres Jimenez, um, I, you, you name it. I think it's really good for the game. Uh, baseball needed this. Baseball has always been such that you've had a ton of division games in division games. And I get the classical aspect of that and that whole historic aspect of that, that it's always been that way. But in every other sport, you play other teams. And I think baseball did a good job of adding the balanced schedule in a way that made it more intriguing for everyone and still a great product and something that will be interesting to follow, but not devaluing divisional play. I think they struck a nice little balance there. All right, let's roll on into Justin and Gabe's NL predictions. And, of course, we will start with the champion of the National League East. Oh, I just... I just uh, one of these years, the Braves won't be so good that I have to sound like a homer. I just I can't pick against the Braves. I just don't have none. I don't have any evidence. I think the Phillies are good. I think the Mets are good. I don't have any evidence to say that the Braves won't win a six straight division crown. I just think, look, they've got stars. They've got talent across the board, but they've also got depth. Like if things don't work out, they can still be fine. Um, And I think the Braves I have the fewest questions about the Braves, uh, and so I have to pick the Braves. I agree. I'm not going to repeat everything you just said, but I view it the same way. I, again, I really like the Phillies, but and I, and I like the Mets, but over the course of 162 games, it, it's simple. Until the Braves get knocked off, I'm not picking against them. So I thought about picking the Mets when I thought Correa was going there, right? I'm looking at them like, I think this might finally be it. Eventually, they're not going to – eventually, they're just going to be a wild card team or whatever. Uh, but this year, I just – you know, Harper's going to miss time. We'll see, we'll see how much time. And we'll see about the Mets, too, with the health stuff, the age of that rotation. There's just more questions. with the, I, I like both of these teams. There's just more questions. The Braves are the safe pick. And, frankly, until they get knocked off or until they just trade everybody away, uh, there's, <laughs> there's just no reason for me to pick against them. NL Central. I mean, the Cubs are going to be better. Guys are coming up. It'll – be interesting to see if Pete Crow Armstrong makes his way up. A good outfield prospect for them. Milwaukee is interesting, but I, I just I don't think Milwaukee has the star power, and I don't think I don't think either of those teams have the star power of the Cardinals. Um, it's it's tough to pick against Arenado, Goldschmidt, um, a couple good pitchers, and then you throw Jordan Walker into the mix, and if he plays, you know. It gives them something, especially from a power perspective. Like they're going to be really good, uh, and so I, I think I just don't, I don't think any of those teams are well-rounded enough to beat the Cardinals. So I'm taking the Reds. No, I'm, I'm kidding. The Will, the Will Myers edition <laughs> didn't do that much for me. No, no, <laughs> no, it didn't move the needle for me. Uh, no, the car. I think the Cardinals win this division running away. I just think they're by far the best team, and I, I honestly, I think Burns will probably he'll either be heavily in trade rumors or be traded at the deadline. That's just how Milwaukee does things. I actually think the Pirates are going to be pretty improved. 
Um, I kind of I kind of like what the, what they've got going on a little bit. So I think that, I mean they're still obviously awful, but they'll be they'll be improved. So I think the Cardinals win this one running away. It, it, it'll be uh, they'll be kind of just walking to the finish line. That will be comfortable for them. National League West. This one has been a a one dog fight for lots of years. I think the Padres win it this year. Now the Dodgers don't sleep on them. I you know I still think they'll make the playoffs. The Dodgers this offseason opted not to give out any big contracts. Opted to let guys walk as a way to kind of reset their books and look toward the future as they look to do things. They'll be back on top soon, but I think the Padres have too much firepower or are too hungry for it. But I, I think the Dodgers are going to be a lot better than people are thinking based on a look at their roster on paper. See, this is scary because both of us picking against the Dodgers doesn't sound very smart, especially no. you as a San Diego guy. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm going to take the Padres too, and the Dodgers are clearly – I agree, they're going to be really good. Um, the roster is not as good as it was. I think we can all agree on that, but at the same time, that team won what was at 111 games. So they're going to be great, but San Diego just seems to have – they kind of just have it all right now. And now they kind of got over the hump by knocking the Dodgers out last year, so there's a little mental thing there. I, I think that San Diego winds up with the best record in the National League. And I've got a question for you real quick, uh, Gabe, on that. The Dodgers, <laughs> for as much as we talk about how little they did – this offseason, they've still got, oh, by the way, guys who are named Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Will Smith and, and a pretty decent pitching staff. But do you think that the Dodgers, that a little less pressure this year will benefit them? And what I mean by that is I feel like we've all looked at them and been like, this team should win 105 games easy. I wonder if they're going to enjoy kind of being the hunter this year. There's a real chance that like, again, this team's probably going to win, like, I don't know, 95 games, right? I mean, they're going to be great. They're, they're going to win 90-plus. This is an awesome team. I mean, how many, mo how many more wins are they being docked? Trey Turner was a big loss, and we can, we can go through the names. But you're right. There is some kind of – there's almost a – there should be a relief for them because it feels – a lot of people are feeling like this – they're looking at this like the Dodgers are almost taking a year off, which is, which is kind of weird. Um you know, some I guess we some people viewed the Chiefs the same way when they traded Tyreek Hill, and that was completely inaccurate. They didn't need Tyreek Hill, obviously, and that was a smart trade. I'm not comparing the Dodgers in the same way, but no, it wouldn't. Would it surprise you if they won the NL? No, it wouldn't surprise me. It's just on paper, they are not as overwhelming as they have been, and I think that's why we're looking at it. We know what the deal is with them financially. We know Otani's going to be out there. Everybody understands that. Arias is going to need an extension if he if he's staying there. I think we all know that aspect of it. But no, I mean, if bottom line, how many teams can? And Justin, I'll, I'll throw this back to you. How many teams can you realistically see winning the National League? And I guarantee you that the Dodgers are on that list. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean to answer your question, five. I mean I don't. I six. I guess if you want to add the Cardinals in there, but I, I would say six probably. All right. Well, who wins the pennant? I mean, man, I. It's hard to pick against the Braves, but I think. I think there's something with the Padres this year. Um, 
I think they just, I think they're going to be, like I said, they've got that hunger. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I do, I do, I wouldn't be surprised if it were the Braves, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to go a little alternate here. So I don't have to sound like a complete Homer for the team I cover because I will have, I will have somewhat of a Homer pick in our awards pick. So I'm going to go with the Padres because I think very rarely, I mean, it will, it happened last year in Houston. I think the Braves are a better team than the Padres, but how, how often does the best team win, win it all? Yeah. Uh, I have to go with San Diego too. And I, I have been thinking about this a lot. There's a case for the Braves. I think there's a really good case for the Phillies. And even and yeah, the Dodgers. I mean, <laughs> they're not a write-off. Again, I, I like the Cardinals. I do not consider the Cardinals. I would put them well behind those other teams. It just – look, we both picked San Diego to win the West. San Diego went out and got Xander. San Diego's getting Tatis back. We're going through – it just feels like eventually this team is going to break through, right? Here they are. They were in the NLCS a year ago. It just feels right, and for all we know, the Cardinals could wind up winning the NL, and we're just completely wrong because that's just the way baseball works. None of us really saw the Phillies beating the Braves last year. So but on paper, it just has the feel like this is just – this just might be San Diego's year. And so I'm with you. I'm, go- I'm also going with the Padres. And we'll get to see those two teams head-to-head, Braves and Padres' first home series of the season. All right, now individual awards, NL MVP. Man, I mean, I'm I'm feeling the fever, baby. I think it's Captain America. I, th- I think <laughs> I, I, I'm going Trey Turner. I just, there, that guy cannot do any wrong. Like, has anybody had a better two years of their life than Trey Turner's last two years? Um, I just think, man, he's... I think he's due for it. Uh, as good as he is, I don't think he's received enough credit uh, for how good he is. I think he really takes hold of that and uh, wins MVP. Let's keep riding the San Diego wave. I'll go with Machado. He gets a MVP trophy put in that nice Coronado house, and uh, he'll be he'll be the best player on the best team. <laughs> Cy Young. All right, I've, Braves fans have been tortured enough with my picks. I'm going Spencer Strider. Um, I have seen enough. I, I understand this is his first full year in the rotation, but the strikeout stuff combined with just how hard it is to barrel him up, um, combined with the fact that I think his changeup is going to be a lot more consistent this year. I just, in terms of the overall raw stuff and the weapons and the ability to stay healthy right now, I, you know, I, I've got Strider winning Cy Young. I'm going Zach Gallen, and he was obviously he he was on a heater for a while last year, and he's really emerged into a front line guy. You kind of sometimes you Strider's you know he he's going to be in the mix, and sometimes you just kind of go with a little you know off the wall type guys or off the radar. And I don't know how off the radar Zach Gallen is. I mean, I think he's a true ace, and he keeps getting better. So I think that Arizona team is going to be a lot of fun. And it wouldn't like shock me if they were third place in the NL West. And I think Gallon's a big part of that. Rookie of the year. You know, I'm tempted to pick Jordan Walker. The raw talent is there, but he's 20 years old. I, I think I feel a little safer picking Corbin Barrels. Uh, I'm going to go out to Phoenix and follow, you know, follow Gabe's train out there. And, uh, and I'm going to pick Corbin Carroll for rookie of the year. Yeah, those are the two guys, and Walker's going to be doing it on a 
first place team. So I could easily see where he ends up winning it. But I'm I'm gonna go Carroll too. I think he's he's just gonna be the face of Arizona for a long time. And again, I think Arizona's gonna be I'm I'm among the I think there's a handful, good good amount of people who think Arizona's gonna be kind of better than some think. I, I think Arizona's gonna be okay and, and he's gonna be the face of that. Your grade for the Brave City Connect uniforms. You know, I I think it's an A. Um I, I like him. Yeah, no, <laughs> I've always liked that, you know, that Hank Aaron era uniform they wear. And I think they just, it was simple. Like, they didn't need to do anything more than, like, use kind of the A, tie it into Hank Aaron, uh, make it look classic while still looking pretty sleek and fresh. I think they did a really good job. Gabe knows fashion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm A plus. Like, this is this is awesome. I I love those unis. Those are the best unis in baseball. We always talk about how the Braves should wear them more often, and, and now you know they have a they have kind of the color scheme, and, and they will. So I think it's awesome. There's only I haven't really loved a lot of these city connects, but the Braves and the Angels have been by far my favorites, and and the Braves are definitely number one now. I thought those Marlins uniforms were the best of the city connect. Yeah, those those are pretty good. Um, I like the Astros, the Spaceman ones. Um, yeah. Oh, God, I can't wait till we can start talking about real baseball again. <laughs> and guess what? We have real baseball coming up one day from today on Thursday. If you're listening to this podcast on Wednesday, we still got a lot on this feed for you to catch up on. Uh, Justin did a fantastic interview uh, with the new voice of the new TV voice of the Braves, Brandon Gaughan. You can go back and catch back up on that uh, on Tuesday. And we also uh, break down the Braves starting pitching situation and shortstop situation on Monday. So, uh, Justin, Gabe, uh, one more day to go, man. Excited to be back at it. You know, I, yep, let's do it. Yeah, it's going to be another fun season. We got a really fun division race to cover. Truist Park is, a, you know, we we can enjoy the atmosphere too, even though we're you know hidden in the press box. It's a you know, Justin has been to Marlins Park enough now to know what a bad atmosphere looks like, and so it's pretty <laughs> cool to see fans and everybody going crazy all the time. Every game feels a little bit like a playoff game. It, it's it's a fun place to be. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's um. Truest Park is – do they beat 3.1 million fans? I mean, I know they're not coming off a World Series. That's a good, that's like a good question. I feel like the excitement is still there. You guys have been around. I feel like the atmosphere among the fan base has to be as excited as it's ever been. This franchise has so much momentum, you know, signing these guys long-term too, because you know this. We're fans of teams in other sports. You know it's great when you know a guy is going to be there. Or when a guy is 22 years old and you know you've got a decade of looking forward to watching him, the team is good, the vibes are good. This is, there's not many, honestly, if you look across sports, there's not many franchises in a better position with fans and their and their passion and they're, they're passionate and they're showing up and it, it's, it's all kind of really coming together for this franchise. All right, so we'll be back with you on Thursday here on the Braves Report. Justin will be in Washington, so we'll have a quick preview of opening day. And, uh, you know, please spread the word if you're enjoying what you're hearing. Rate, review, follow, and share the show. And we'll be back with you on opening day on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers. So we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, 
because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on.